the Blind Tag, the wrestling show for people who don't watch wrestling. I'm your co-host, Ron Del Volano. And I'm your co-host, Matt Raddick. Thank you so much for joining me again this Absolutely. week, Matt. You know, I'm surprised you didn't do your uh, your modern-day Maharaja intro, if ever there was a week to talk about rising from Punjab. Jinder is still the king in modern day. He is, yes. Maharaja. Mm-hmm. He's still in power. But he sure is. You know, I'm giving it a rest for now. Okay, all right. I don't want to hurt Randy's feelings too much more. <laughs> yeah, he he texted me. He said he he said it was getting a little a little out of hand, a little rough. A little out of hand. It'll it'll come and go as yeah. it pleases. You know, wherever the wherever the wind may may take me. Wherever the wind blows, gender. So too shall. So do I. So so too shall Ron. <laughs> wherever the wind blows, gender. So do I. Truly. You ready for the show? Yeah, I think so. I'm ready. I took my my pre-show deuce, oh, my good. ritual. Oh, excellent. I've told you this show is like a laxative <laughs> for me. I'm so glad. I hope that this is this is maybe this is brown noise, the the mythical brown noise, our show. Recording a podcast and going to the bookstore are the two classic laxatives. <laughs> Blind tag. More than you ever wanted to know about Ryan Ron Delvalon. That's a that's a Jerry Seinfeld bit. Oh, is it? The going to the bookstore thing, yeah. Oh, and it's recording a classic. A podcast. What's the deal? Jerry Seinfeld's classic uh, bit about recording podcasts. Recording. What's, from the, what's the deal with recording a podcast? <laughs> you take 20 minutes to set up, and then you talk for an hour. <laughs> what's the deal with Jinder Mahal? What is the deal with Jinder Mahal? Do you, want to, do you want to just jump right into Jinder Mahal? I really want to talk about this Punjabi prison match. What's the deal with the Punjabi? What's the deal with the Punjabi prison match? It's a cage match. But it's bamboo and steel. <laughs> well, funny you should ask that, that Jerry. Oh, I'm I'm curious. What do you? I mean, I guess you kind of look. Did you look up what a Punjabi prison match is, or did they just like talk about it a little bit on the show? I watched the video that you sent me, and they mm-hmm. said it's like a steel cage match, except you have to climb out and then climb out again. Yeah, it's like a steel cage match, but like, what if there was two cages with another steel cage around it? With another, steel and it's cage made of it. bamboo and reinforced steel. Yeah, exactly. The other it thing looks is, like it'll stab you at the top if you like climb over the wrong way. That's what they are. Uh, well, I guess maybe it's a possibility, but that's also like what they're trying to imply. I don't know if there's a real danger of that. I don't know how sharp those are, but they called it like razor sharp bamboo or something like. Why that. Why are we talking about this right now? Because, because, uh, well, okay. So Randy came out to the ring and said he was gonna he was gonna fuck up Jinder Mahal like he's been doing basically every week. Because no, he didn't say that. He said that he was going to assault Jinder Mahal. Yeah, he like, said he was at home, fuck up at Mahal. work, yeah. <laughs> on the toilet, at the he, airport. He was gonna go wherever he could. I think he he was also saying something. I can't remember if it was this week or last week, but he was saying he was going to like go to India and RKO every single member of his family. <laughs> Just, Jesus Christ. I, I, I mean, I would love that video package, but I don't think that's actually going to happen. Yeah, he was literally like, I don't care if I get fired. Yeah. I don't care if I go to jail. Yeah. I'm going to beat the holy hell out of Jinder <laughs> Mahal. He said that several times. He did. I'm going to beat the holy hell out of Jinder Mahal at home, on the in couch, the ring, on the shitter, at the airport. Uh, I'll buy a plane ticket and I'll find him. At the mall. I will at go the mall. to Sabaro's just to just to beat up. Jinder Mahal. Would you, would you, at the mall, <laughs> would you fight Jinder Mahal? <laughs> would you, could you, at the ball, would, would you, you fight, fight Jinder, Jinder Mahal? Mahal? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope we keep these coming throughout the episode here. So, yeah, Randy's saying all this Would shit. you, could you, in the stall, <laughs> would you fight Jinder Mahal? So, so Randy's saying he's going to do all this stuff. And, uh, I mean... 
it's worth pointing out that Randy is still ostensibly the face in this feud, even though he said he is going to just follow this man around and assault him wherever yeah, even he goes. Though he said, I'm, I'm going to stalk this guy yeah. until I can assault him the and Dairy then go Queen to drive prison. Through? Absolutely. I'm can... the good guy. <laughs> uh, but then Shane McMahon comes out, Shane McBoy, to say that, uh, you know, hey, look, I'm your boss, and there are rules around here, and you can't just go walking around uh, beating up your coworkers, which I feel like... I feel like it's kind of like an unwritten HR rule, like that, that you can't beat up your coworkers. But I guess it's 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 nice that Shane, uh, you we know, could test spelled it. that out for him. <laughs> That's a great idea. Let's, we have real jobs. Let's see how this. Let's see how quickly we can get fired. That that'll be. <laughs> That's who determines the next uh, blind tag champion is who can get fired can get first. Fired quicker for, for assaulting a coworker. A <laughs> Shane comes out to say that, uh, sure, Randy can fight Jinder, but it has to be in a sanctioned match. And because he's already lost twice, Jinder gets to pick the stipulation. Yeah, because he's the champ. Well, and he is the champion, yeah. Gets the uh, the old champion's advantage. So naturally, Jinder Mahal chooses a Punjabi prison match. He comes out to announce a Punjabi prison match. And what's the deal? What's What's the deal? (laughs) What's the deal with the Punjabi prison match? Well, Jerry, the deal with the Punjabi prison match is, like you said, it's basically... A cage match, but two of them. So there's like, there's like a, there's, they put a cage around the ring with four sides, and then they put another cage around that cage, which has eight sides. I don't know why the eight sides is necessary, but they do that. And it's all made of bamboo, apparently, or at least like steel bars wrapped in bamboo or something that looks like bamboo, because let's face it, it's WWE. It looked like it was bamboo. I guess so. But I mean, the, I guess they, they probably got enforced. a pretty good budget, but. Um, so, and then the deal is, is that you have the, the, the only way that you win is that you escape the Punjabi prison. So you have to escape the first cage and then climb over the second cage and the deal with the first cage. This is the part that is really weird to me is there's this like really specific rule that there are four doors to the Punjabi prison, the, the middle cage, and each of them can only be opened once and for 60 seconds. And if all four doors closed, it's like some kind of weird, like, Legends of the Hidden Temple rule <laughs> book or something like that. You, one door tells the truth. <laughs> the other tells the lie. <laughs> if you can ask the correct question, you have to answer, like, Punjabi trivia to, oh boy. to yeah. get out of there. <laughs> that, Randy's going to die in the Punjabi that's cave. The other, yeah, that's the other reason Jinder has an advantage, because he knows all the... <laughs> he knows the secrets. It's just all, like, trivia about, like, very obscure Bollywood films or something like that. And Jinder is just like, oh, yeah, absolutely, I know these. Or he... <laughs> He just has the Singh brothers feeding him answers. They're just like holding up big cue cards. That's like it's this one. Pick them. Pick it written in Punjabi so yep. that Randy can't oh. read them. <laughs> what, but I, what I don't understand is so you have to escape. Yes. And so in like a, a tag team cage match, you have to climb out. Mm-hmm. You guys in any cage match, yeah. Okay, so you you have to escape. So you can also climb out. That's the thing too. But if it's one on one, what's the? Why would you even bother fighting? Why wouldn't you just immediately start? Both guys start trying to climb out, and like whoever's faster just wins. Eh, I mean, it's not a bad strategy. It'd be a very quick match. Yeah, probably. like literally, that's all you have to do to win. Is... Yeah, I mean, I think I think the the you know the logic. Well, I mean, frankly, you could do that in a tag team match too. Uh, but I, I think the yeah, but in a tag team match, you have like I I feel like it's different because you need you got to get two people. Yeah, you gotta beat two so people. it's easier to. to I, I mean, guess it's not different at all. There's four sides. Everybody now now pick that a side. I'm saying it out loud, yeah. it's exactly the same thing. <laughs> it really is exactly the same thing. I mean, I think the logic is I don't know that you a I mean a the 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 you know these people hate each other right so they want to fight each other they want to hurt each other. Jinder beat up Randy's dad so he wants to make him pay or something like that. Yeah, I guess Randy doesn't want to just like win. Now. Right, he exactly. Wants to exactly. Beat he wants the to make holy him hell. suffer. He wants to beat the holy hell. 
out of Jinder Mahal. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the idea. And I mean, frankly, like if you beat a man's ass and knock him unconscious or something like that, uh, then you know you can just take like a leisurely climb up up that. And like, frankly, that that second cage has to be pretty darn tall to be because it's taller than the than the inside one, and it goes all the way to the floor. So it's like it's like you have to climb up the ring and then also up a really high wall, basically. Um, that wasn't a very good metaphor. That's just exactly what you do. You're just climbing up a wall. That was good. It was like a perfect metaphor. Yeah, it was like really... I'm just trying to paint a it's picture. It's a really dense metaphor. Yeah. Um, for really dense folks. <laughs> so that's so that's a Punjabi prison match. This is the third ever Punjabi prison match. Yeah, he referenced uh, the Great Kali, his hero. Yeah. Have we have we discussed the Great Kali? Uh, I'm, I'm aware of who You're he is. You're aware of the Great Kali. Big guy. He is a big old boy. He's 7'1". Is, he, uh, is he still around? Uh, life? What do you like in life? <laughs> is he still on this plane of existence? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think he's in his like mid forties or something. Okay, like that. really? That's it? Yeah, I thought he, he was not wrestle. So you uh, think he's gonna make an appearance? For I this? doubt that really? highly. Yeah, he's uh, I think thoroughly done with the WWE. Um, I I think his last match was in like the oh I didn't mean to fight. I I meant just like on the sidelines to just be like, hey, it's a callback to my thing. And yeah, I'm your hero, I, I just think he's done with it. I don't really know if he like what kind of terms he left with WWE. I don't know if it was like good or bad terms or whatever. But I don't think that anybody cares enough to really like bring him back. I mean, I guess you, maybe if they you know back up the dump truck full of money to his house, he'll be like, yeah, sure, I guess. Why not? Do you think the Iron Sheik is going to make an appearance? I don't think the Iron Sheik is going to make an appearance. What do you think he'll be doing during the uh, Punjabi <laughs> prison match? What do you think uh, he's up to right now? Uh, right now, what, like right now at 6.17 p.m. Sure. on June 28th, Wednesday, June 28th, 6.17 p.m. Wow, Pacific Standard Time. exactly what, when we're recording. What is... The, the great Iron Sheik, Sheik doing the Iron right now. Sheik, the great Sheik. Uh, what is Iron Sheik doing right now? Um, I am going to assume that he is like watching Jeopardy. I think that's. What I, <laughs> I think he's just like he's at home on the couch and just screaming at the TV that all these morons don't know the answers to to Jeopardy questions. Like he's a pretty old guy, and I don't think that he is like anywhere near as like I don't know a. a, a, a I don't know. Like, I don't think he is the character that WWE portrayed him to be, not surprisingly. And I imagine that he's just like a regular ass old guy. Even I mean, so, Iron Sheik also has this like weird kind of still persona. There's a documentary about this sort of like revitalization of the Iron Sheik that I haven't yet watched. He's real big on Twitter. He is real we've, big we've on Twitter, but it's this, definitely like someone else runs that account for sure. Like, yeah. it's people like. They they are working for the Iron Cheek, but like they're like, listen, this is how we're gonna manage. Are you your working for the Iron Cheek? <laughs> but <laughs> who who works for the Iron Cheek? That's actually the only time that he busts out the 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 actual persona is when he's he's hiring his social media staff and then he's actually talking about how he'll break their backs and make them humble. The great colleague was yeah, he's been he hasn't been around since like twenty fourteen, is what is what I'm seeing here. Uh and he was he was uh, supposed to be in both of the two Punjabi prison matches that there have been thus far, but he was only in one. So the the way the first one was supposed to be a match with the Undertaker, uh, I think for the World Heavyweight Championship. Maybe not. Maybe just a, a, a match because they hated each other, something like that. Um, but he was uh, he was not cleared because he is quote unquote not medically cleared. But according to my buddy Hank, who informed me of all of this because he's a wrestling encyclopedia, it was definitely because he po- pe- tested positive for steroids. And uh, so yeah. a- apparently, yeah. so this was at that's Great- medical. Yeah, well, that is a medical reason. Uh, there was a this was at Great American Bash 2006, and apparently there were three different people that could not 
compete at that because they all tested positive for steroids at the same time. Give so, me that list. I don't know who the other two are. Hell. Sorry. <laughs> I'll call Hank. I'll ask him. Sick trivia. Yeah. This is a great Kali and two other guys <laughs> and, and who aren't wrestling guys. anymore. Yeah, right. Uh, and Do you then think those guys are going to be at the Punjabi prison? <laughs> probably match? not. It, you know, might in, be at they've the, been at the in the prison, prison since 2006. <laughs> Trapped inside. Uh, they might they might try and bring uh, Batista there, who was in the second Punjabi prison match, actually against the great Kali, and did beat the great Kali. I, wow, so, that means Ginger's gonna lose, huh? Um, on this third rematch, you know, you know, I'm still, I'm still rooting for Ginger. The match heavily, heavily favors him. Uh, okay, so I'm rooting for him, and I also think he's gonna win. Like, he picked the stipulation, therefore he should have an advantage. It's a, it's a match that theoretically he should know more about because he is also Punjabi. Um, even though it's basically, I don't, it's just a cage match it has with bamboo. Literally nothing to do. With yeah, that. right. It has nothing to do with Punjab. Um. And uh, he also, it's a no, it's still a no disqualification match. So theoretically, the Singh brothers can get involved to their heart's content, whether that is through a motivational speech, just like holding up some signs with some trivia questions, whatever, whatever they can do, uh, you know, just throwing themselves in front of Randy Orton so that he can toss them around the ring more. I think the, the real question is like, how tall is the thing that Randy will throw one of the, the Singh brothers off of? Will he throw them off like at the top of the cage? Will it, he just it, like it does slam seem them to be into increasing. the cage? Yeah. They're the, just like, I think like uh, it did look like Randy legitimately felt bad for that first time. He yeah. tossed, ragdolled one of them. But then they were like, this was really good. This we was good. This, this was again. entertaining. Keep I imagine like backstage that he was like, hey, man, are you okay? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good. And he's like, can we do that like six more times? He's like, okay, sure. Yeah, he beat the just holy hell neck. out of the Singh brothers last time. Yeah, he really did. So there will probably be more of that. But I imagine that Jinder will emerge, literally emerge from the Punjabi prison victoriously. So why, especially with uh, Mr. Sana coming back mm-hmm. on the 4th of July, John Sana, yeah. why are they doing another, why are they just keeping this feud going? Um, that's a great question. I think I think that they, now I'm, so now I'm starting to think that John Cena is going to be in the U.S. title picture, actually. Um, I think I sent you this clip, but there was a, back, oh, there was a yeah. backstage segment between AJ Styles and Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens, and basically AJ was telling Shane, or was it It was Daniel Bryan, not Shane McMahon. It was Daniel. Dadjil is what I'm calling Dad-Jil. him. Dadjil. Danny B. Dadjil. Dadjil Bryan. So basically AJ Styles was like, yo, Dad, uh, I deserve a match. And Kevin was like, no, you don't. And then... Daniel made the... uh the, dad. <laughs> he made the terrific... I mean, he's a new father. Everybody should call him dad now. Um, he made the, ter- the terrific announcement. Papa. <laughs> Papa, AJ wants to fight. Oh, boy. <laughs> Papa. Papa. Kevin's been beating me up, Papa. Kevin won't let me fight him. <laughs> Papa. Papa. Kevin won't let, let me fight me f- Kevin. Kevin won't let me fight him. I keep trying to punch Kevin and he won't let me. <laughs> Make him let me punch him. So Daniel decided that there's going to be a, a great American battle royale or something like that um, next week on, on the 4th of July to determine the number one contender for the U.S. title. So this means that uh, Kevin Owens won't be in that match, right? No, he will not be in that match. Okay, cool. Because um, yeah. it's to the number one contender against him. Yeah, it will probably be like a million people that don't matter, and then AJ Styles and John Cena. And Jonathan, Jonathan Sana. Do you think Sina. he'll be part I, of this? I mean, they haven't said for sure that Royal Cena will Rumble. be participating in it, but uh, like be, they mentioned it in the same breath, 
and like Daniel's like, John Cena's returning next week. It's the 4th of July. John Cena originated the United States Open Challenge. Let's have a battle royale to determine the, the number one contender or something like that. So I'm assuming that John will be involved, and I'm assuming it will come down to John and AJ Styles, and the crowd will go wild because, boy, howdy, those guys had a great match uh, last summer at SummerSlam and had really just like a great run of matches. So, And this is going to be at a... At a pay per view, right? Which pay per view is this? This uh, this battle royale. Yeah. Oh no, this is just Tuesday night, baby. This is just a SmackDown Live. Holy on your Fourth of July. So it's next Tuesday. Yeah. Who but do you think is going to win it? It's a great question. I mean, without knowing the, without knowing the participants, I would say AJ Styles is like the obvious choice, unless John Cena's in it. In which case, it could definitely be John Cena. And that could might definitely make sense. or will definitely. Um, you know, honestly, here's what I'm here's what I'm going to predict. This is my bold prediction of the week. There, there'll be a, may, there's someone make a music sting for our bold prediction of the week. Um, I think dun, that, dun. that it is going. To, <laughs> it's just the it's just Brizongo going. Dun, dun. <laughs> I think that it is going to somehow end in in a, a chicanerous decision. I think that if I were to venture a guess, Kevin Owens will somehow get involved and make it so that there is no clear winner of the match. And we will get a triple threat match between AJ Styles, John Cena, and Kevin Owens, and I will poop my pants. Wow. Because that would be amazing. You know what you should do is just record a podcast, mm-hmm. so get that laxative going, and you want to <laughs> poop your pants. It'll be it'll be like a, a simultaneous thing. I'll be what's, so excited about the, the match. What's the deal? What's the deal with pooping your pants? <laughs> you record a podcast. Oh boy! Well, then you soil yourself. This, this is this is what people really come to blind tag for. This irreverent Seinfeld humor uh, from from these Ron. Deep cuts. These, these deep cuts. Deep Seinfeld cuts. Yeah. All the all the true Seinfeld fans know that one. You know. All those Jer bears, the Jer <laughs> as we call them, the Jerry Seinfeld fans, the Jer heads, the Jer <laughs> the Jarrett heads. Oh boy. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess we'll. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens. Like a battle royale is always fun. I, I'm so. SmackDown has been steadily improving in in the old ratings game since uh since really since Daniel Bryan came back but since uh Money in the Bank and uh I I think that this will be interesting because it's the 4th of July and I don't know how many people are at home watching SmackDown on the 4th of July so it'll be kind of interesting to see if this is like enough to get people to you know turn on the TV with John Cena in this battle royale but regardless I'm excited to see it I think it should be pretty cool um I mean, Battle Fourth of July is a Tuesday. It's not like it's, it's not true. like a long weekend. You Nobody's gotta go back to work the town. next day. Yeah, you know, might as well sit around and watch some fucking wrestling. Some Nobody's gonna watch this on the Fourth of July. Are you kidding me? I mean, I won't be watching on the Fourth of July. I'll be grilling and chilling, grilling and Baby. chilling. Let's talk about Money in the Bank, though. Let us, yeah, let us talk about Money in the Bank. So, uh, so yeah, Money in the Bank was this week. Apparently, Again. they just like ran. They really just ran back the entire pay per view, like. Lana faced Naomi for the women's title. I think they realized how bad they fucked up Money in the Bank. This was my conclusion after watching this. I said this last week. Yep. If they did something different, I would think that this was always planned. But because they ran back the same result for everything, they were like, yeah, we kind of fucked this up. So we can talk about Naomi and Lana quickly. I didn't even send you this clip. You didn't know they fought again. Yeah. Basically, they just had a rematch for the women's title. But this is how this match should have gone, is that the match started... Uh, before the bell rang, Lana attacked Naomi. Then, like, you know, the ref finally pulled him apart. L- Lana came at her, hit her finisher on Naomi, but then Naomi kicked out and then just, like, thoroughly beat the shit out of her and won in, like, another 30 seconds or something like that, which is how it should go. Hey, I'm sorry, who won? Uh, Naomi won. I thought, didn't Handled. Lana win the pay-per-view? No, she did not. She lost. She did. No. Okay. You were just wrong. That's fine. 
There were so many things that you were wrong about that night. I'm not surprised <laughs> that you, you forgot that one. That's right. I'm still the champ. Just trying to give one to myself. <laughs> Need a win. To be fair, you did predict Naomi there, so you would have gotten it right. Anyway, the point being that this is how this should have gone because, like, Naomi is the champion. Naomi is a very legitimate champion. She's proven that she should be much better than these people, and so her winning handily over Lana is what should have happened in the first place. So suffice to say, I'm glad that that happened. Uh, I still don't know what the hell they're doing with Lana, though. She's got to start doing something. They shouldn't have immediately thrust her in the title picture. Anyway, let's talk about the women's Money in the Bank match. It came back. It did come back. Daniel Bryan kicked James Ellsworth out of the stadium. He was banned from the entire arena. He said, not only are you not allowed to, to be flying your bird-looking face around the ring, Yep. you're not, you're not only banned from ringside, Yep. you're banned from my bedside. <laughs> you're, you're banned from the entire stadium. Yeah. You're banned from life. From life. James. Get out of my life, James. I've honestly like really loved just watching Daniel Bryan tear apart uh, just James laugh in his face. Just, yeah, it's it's so great. He's man, I can't say enough about how great I, how glad I am that Daniel Bryan is is still on my TV. He's been really really great in this GM role, and it's really I like, like him, yeah. uh, it's 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 a nice. Um, I was I was reading someone else's uh, you know results from SmackDown. Um, Kyle Fowle from the AV Club, I believe is his name. Uh, he was talking about how just like great it is to have Daniel Bryan back, and how much it's nice to have him as a contrast between like the Stephanie Triple H figure and and someone like Daniel Bryan. Because like obviously the crowd loves him; he's one of the most over baby faces of like this current era. But also he's just like he just like does his job for the most part. He doesn't really like you know it, it, he's not this evil guy that is like trying to force his will on people and like force people into matches and stuff like that he's just like you know a regular joe like working his job which happens to be the general manager of the show and he like wants things to be fair and he wants to give everybody a shot but he's also been like a really good promo as of yeah, late too he seems and to have good hr skills which he really is does so necessary in such a, an aggressive and <laughs> violent career i mean you've got people threatening to beat people up backstage at Dairy Queen. Oh yeah, for sure. I you mean, know, Shane, like Shane handled that so piss poor, just Absolutely. the worst. I think if Daniel if had Daniel come had out, been there. I think if Daniel had come out, he'd be like, "I I've been gone for weeks. Who is Jinder Mahal? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I'm not <laughs> caught up on blind like, tag. Wait a minute, you, Randy, you're you're not the champion." I thought that was what you did. I thought that was your thing. He's not caught up on blind tag, so he does not know because he has not been watching wrestling. You mean to tell me Jinder Mahal's in the WWE again? Where have I been? You have a kid and so much changes. So much changes. So much changes. The world changes around you. Jinder Mahal becomes champion. Anyway, I love Daniel Bryan, suffice to say. He kicks uh, He kicks James Ellsworth out of the arena, and uh, Carmella is, I don't know about rightfully, but is upset about this fact. Um, but nonetheless uh the match continues as planned at the end of the show this this thing happened james was kicked out of skipping the end ahead of the show. yeah let's this, do it yeah and then the, and then the match the match starts the match it doth start uh this was great and i thought it was way way better than the match at the actual pay-per-view which is kind of a shame because again i i just i just don't know why they didn't do this the first time um i still don't have a good solution for that 
But this match was just, like, great. There was a bunch of really, really awesome spots. They did this amazing thing where uh, Tamina and Charlotte were holding up either side of a ladder, and then Becky Lynch comes up from out of nowhere and climbs up the ladder that they're holding up. Like, Yeah, that was pretty good. They, that was in the clip? Yeah. It wasn't... It was, the, the ladder the was closed not, like, ladder, propped up. Yeah. It was closed, and so, like, the only thing keeping the standing was Charlotte and Tamina. And then Becky climbs up it and starts, like, trying to grab the briefcase. Yeah, this was a fun match, because one of my favorite parts was when... Uh, uh, Carmella was at the top about mm-hmm. to grab the briefcase and then all four other contenders just like looked at each other and were like nope and then they all just <laughs> each grabbed a leg of the ladder and moved it like three feet away yeah like they didn't do anything to her they didn't they even just... like push her over they were just like no nah. yeah I thought that was great as well uh, Tamina was like being crushed by it. I thought I gotta say I thought Tamina was pretty bad throughout this whole match she did a lot of things that looked like they did not go quite right but she had her one big moment in which she was like pinned down by a ladder and I think Charlotte and Natalia were trying to climb up it and then she just like picked up the ladder like like basically bench pressed the ladder and like tipped the. I think the I missed that. that. That part was pretty cool. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, it was. It was really sweet. It was like basically like the bottom rung was like where her neck is, and she was just like got her arms under it, and like pushed it back. It was pretty cool. Who made a guest appearance? None other than James Ellsworth. James of course. Ellsworth. Jimmy Ellsworth. Uh, he apparently I don't know went outside and bought a ticket or just like snuck back in somehow. I don't know what what the what the logic is here there. Um, but he came back in the ring. Bought a ticket. <laughs> That's so good. He came back in the ring and tried to get involved. He basically, they basically just like ran back the finish of, of the actual Money in the Bank pay-per-view in which Carmella was alone in the ring. James Ellsworth climbs up the ladder and starts grabbing onto the briefcase. Um, but then Becky comes flying into the no, ring. They did. They, this was great because they, yeah. they reversed it because Becky did the thing to James that he did to her yeah, in, right. at the Money in the Bank. Yeah, just like she pushed him off the ladder. I mean, it's a two-week callback, so it's not like, you know, the, the most, like, historic thing in the world in yeah. this historic Money in the Bank ladder match. But it was still a nice touch. And I, I, I'm, I'm, it, it, to me, it was almost them, like, acknowledging their failure. They're like, yeah, we, we didn't do a great job with this, but we, we kind of fixed it. But, I mean, the I end- clenched so hard when James Ellsworth came back into, into the the ring oh yeah were you pissed about I it? i was just like like i almost couldn't take my pre-show dues <laughs> that I, I was just so completely clenched and i was I just like was oh so no tight. they tried to fix it and they just did the exact <laughs> same thing again that would have been the greatest middle finger of all time oh, yeah like we truly don't give a fuck about you people oh my god that would have been awful but incredible they would have gotten a ton of heat for it oh yeah which is that's all you want right yeah just right. my attention i mean that's what uh, i i think i talked about this last week but that's what a lot of people are saying is like the reason they they ran this program this way was to just build a bunch of heat for carmella and i think that uh, again i just don't know why this didn't, didn't do this the, the first time but like i think you got the heat for carmella here but and she still walked away with the briefcase i mean that was the, the end result she ended up taking advantage and, you know, getting up there. But, yeah, you didn't have to, I don't know, piss so many people off in the process. I think the thing was is, like, they were hoping to to generate heat for Carmella, and I think in the process they generated way more heat for themselves because people aren't dumb and realize that, like, it wasn't that Carmella that made this decision. It was the WWE, and it was a bad one, so. Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. And they, they fixed it. I did kinda. like that she, she worked the chair in, too, and uh, was, like, like, yeah, I don't know. It, it it was another underhanded thing for her to do. Like, she went and yeah. grabbed a steel chair and hit Becky with it. Yeah, it was just, like, a nice little touch to further be like, yes, I am firmly a heel. Hey, man. Just Moving like forward. spring break. There's no rules. There's no rules. Do what you want. No rules. Just right. That's a... I can't remember what restaurant that's a slogan for. That's what uh, Hamburger Helper says. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. No. 
Anyway, this was a great no match. No rules just right. Who says that? No rules just right. I don't think that's what it is. Something else just right. <laughs> Bear with us, dear fans. We must we must Google ad campaigns. No rules just right is not correct. It's got to be. That's like the, the slogan it's, it's for Nambla like or something. Applebee's or Dairy Queen. I think it, it might be... Uh, uh, I just really have Dairy Queen on the mind. It's Outback Steakhouse. It's Outback Steakhouse. No rules just Another right. Motherfucking Outback Steakhouse. Get your bloomin' onion, put whatever you want on it. No and rules. Fuck yourself. Just right. Do whatever you want to your bloomin' onion. Sit on it for all we care. Do you think... That right, I would that... enjoy sitting on a bloomin' onion. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's between you and your God. Uh, and my onion. And your onion. Would, would you, could you, in an Outback... Would Fight Jinder you... Mahal? Yeah. Or fucking think, onion? I'm trying to think of a one. <laughs> I'm just really trying to think of a way to rhyme Outback Steakhouse with Jinder Mahal. And it's not. It's that's not, working. That's not going to work at it's all. It's literally impossible. <laughs> it's not going to work at all to rhyme with Jinder Mahal. They just don't. That dog don't hunt. Anyway. Uh, yes, Smackdown was pretty good Pretty good today. Oh, and there was also a, there was also a, 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 now they're calling it Fashion Vice episode. Which was which was pretty delightful. I think weren't the last couple because they were all Miami Vice riffs. Yeah, I think that they were like. I feel like the last one they were like, oh, it's another episode of Fashion Files, but then like it was just Fashion Vice was the title card. But now, oh, okay, like the announcers referred to it as Fashion Vice anyway. It's a small thing, but you know, this was another things. good one. They interrogated the Ascension. Yeah, you know what? The Ascension was pretty great. The Ascension was pretty fucking funny. <laughs> What were, the, what were the tickets that they got? It was tickets for uh, two the, tickets to paradise. Two tickets to paradise. Yeah, <laughs> I think they had two dates tickets on to the a tickets Tom too. Petty and show. It was for like nineteen seventy eight or nineteen eighty nine or whatever it would have been. I didn't see that. Yeah, it was. That's a, great. A nice touch. Um, but yeah, like the one re- the one Ascension guy was reaching for a ticket, and the other Ascension guy like slapped his hand. and Was like, no, we only listen to grindcore thrash metal. <laughs> just just delightful. That was great. Yeah. I I said uh, it's Eddie Money. Eddie Money, that was it. Who did I say? Uh, you said Tom Petty. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go kill myself now. Yeah. <laughs> so Tom Petty, Eddie Money, you know. It's been a great show, it's everybody. Been, it's been fun. Uh, episode eleven, calling it, calling it, calling it, qu- calling it dead, calling it quits. Uh, sorry about that, Eddie Money. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't mean to confuse you with Tom Petty or the Heartbreakers. <laughs> Fuck, this is, sucks. Eddie Money is really the one that was disrespected in that. I hate this so much. Tom Petty don't hold a candle to, to Eddie Money. God. Anyway, uh, yeah, the Ascension is usually pretty fucking boring, but this was like this was a nice a nice touch. I don't think that like I can't imagine how like any of this could really work into their characters. But for a moment, I was like, hey, I like the Ascension. They're all right. I I, I like that they're these two like tough guy face paint yeah. like. We're into grindcore, grindcore and heavy guys, metal, yeah. at, but then like when the camera's not directly on them, they're just like regular guys yeah, who kind of yeah. want to go see Tom Petty. Yeah, you know, it was a, like it was like a nice touch. Fucking of... Eddie Money. <laughs> <laughs> they probably want to see. You think they want to see Tom Petty as well? I think they'd go see Tom Petty. <laughs> a couple of parrot heads trying to go see some Tom Petty, huh? Oh man, they want their cheeseburger in paradise. Uh, that classic Heartbreakers jam. Jesus, uh, all these guys boy. are the same. What's that? All these, all these guys with all these. <laughs> Tom all these Petty, music. Jimmy Buffett, Eddie Money. They're all the same thing. The Tom, Tommy Pet, Tommy Petty, Jimmy Buffy, Please, Eddie for Money. The love of God, <laughs> I need to be done. I'm so embarrassed of my just. 
lack of... Oh, God. Man, it's a good thing no one's, like, recording this conversation or anything. Hey, like it's that. a good thing no one's listening to this conversation well, right know, now. there is that. <laughs> hey, yeah, so fucking Fashion Vites was funny or whatever. Sure was. Sure was. Uh, yeah, I don't know if this will if they'll find a way to, like, work this into the Ascension's character, but, yeah, for a moment I was like, hey, I care about you a little bit more. But the other thing that's interesting is is it's not the Ascension that's beaten up, uh, beaten up fashion vice i mean they could be lying oh no because then the the room got trashed an alibi they got an alibi they were even still in the room when they left eating a cheese platter yeah i'm curious i'm really curious is it this this is interesting this could either be their like debuting a new tag team it could be that that american alpha is like taking a sudden heel turn i would be surprised because chad gable was in the last episode and working face for sure or maybe or maybe it's chad too bad and tex ferguson i still hold out hope you think it's them I, I doubt it. To themselves. I still doubt it, but I would love it. Oh, my gosh. So How would they film that? I mean, it's fucking the club in costumes. They can just film that. It's fine. Okay. Um, so, okay. So, I was just like, it, that'll never make sense because the club is on Raw, so therefore they can't be on SmackDown also. But Chad Tubed and Tex Ferguson aren't signed anywhere. They can go anywhere. I thought, um, okay, this is my mistake. I thought that uh, Chad Tubed and Tex Ferguson... Oh, I got you. I, for some reason, I thought it was uh, Brisango. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, man. God, that would be incredible, too, if they had that, to have well, a match where be, they wrestled themselves. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. It'd be so fucking funny if it was them because yeah. it's their other characters. But what, like, there'd be no way to actually tie it in. Yeah, right. But it would be funny. Yeah, they would just film it like they do the parent trap, you know, with uh, with Lindsay Lohan, where she played two people. They just use Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> they just use Lindsay Lohan as the other person. <laughs> anyway, the jury's still out. We'll see. We'll see who it is. Maybe. Should we talk about Raw? Yeah, move please. Over to the, move over to the other show. Not too much. Yeah, else a lot to, happened. To share here. Yeah, it was really a pretty eventful Raw. Um, I guess we'll start from the top. We had Roman talking about the old GBOF, the Great Balls of Fire. Goodness gracious. Goodness. He's excited. Gracious. You know, Roman is just like straight up working heel now. It yeah, seems. he like he's and it works for him. Yeah, I think that I'm so curious about what's going on backstage here. Like. Maybe Braun was not ever that seriously injured, but they just knew that if they if they put him off air for a couple of weeks with an injury, he would get an even bigger face pop when he come ba- comes back, right? That's possible. Therefore, like that'll that gives him a couple of weeks to like kind of pivot Roman slightly more heel, so that Braun is like clearly the baby face. But I mean, again, like the morality of this is very is blurry. Braun the fucking face yeah yeah i i think so i mean he's like as far as the crowd is concerned what is braun's motivation he's not finished with you (laughs) his motivation is literally that he just wants to beat up roman reigns yeah right yeah there's no there's no real story here right i mean i guess it. i can't remember so i guess the motivation is that like roman is like like I'm moving on from you. Like I, I, I want to be part of the universal title picture. And I think, I guess, I guess now that I think about it, like going back, that does seem to be kind of the whole thing. Is like Roman had some matches with Braun, and then like won a couple of them, and then decided to move on to the next thing, whatever championship he was chasing. And then Braun would come in and interfere and cost him the match, and he would have to go back to fighting Braun. So I guess the the narrative here is that like. Roman is like, I'm too good for you. I don't need to keep fighting you. And Braun is just like, no, no, I fucking respect me. Like, I hate you, man. And So what's I'm Braun's end game? You. That's a great question. Uh, Roman Reigns' soul, I think, is what he's hoping the to claim. The death of Roman Reigns. The death of Roman Reigns. <laughs> he will not rest until that man is literally ripped in half or something. Do you think he just wants to pin him? Does he just want a clean win on Roman? Maybe. I would have to... I, I, he might... 
have a clean win on Roman? I can't. I can't remember. What was their last match that they had? It was at some. Dude, I don't remember. This is so much happened so long ago. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, I mean, maybe he's just trying to get that clean victory to prove that he can that he can do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's it. Regardless, I'm excited to watch these two men throw themselves into an ambulance. Should be pretty fun. Yeah. So, what is the stipulation for the ambulance match? I didn't really catch this. Yeah. You so have to an, trap the other person in an ambulance. Yes, basically, you have to. The, the the way that they like they 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 spell it out is that you need to knock out your opponent so that you can put him in the ambulance. Now, what I don't know, well, you need to be able to put the you put your opponent in the ambulance and close the door. What I don't know is like if I push Braun over real hard and he lands in the ambulance and I just shut the door real quick and he's still like conscious, like, and he just opens up the door immediately, like. What's what's the rules here? Is it once the so door? So you're saying that if if that's acceptable, you think you could beat Braun Strowman in a ambulance match? I, for the record, Braun, in case you're listening, please don't hurt me. I want nowhere near you. I Braun, respect you. In um, case you're listening, please hurt Matt. <laughs> please, he doesn't please. respect you. He said your hair is stupid and your beard is weak. Please hurt my friend. <laughs> that's Braun, please doing. hurt Matt. Please hurt. Please beat up my 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 podcast co-host. If you're listening. I'm trying to go solo, baby. <laughs> Going straight to the top. I'm just dead weight dragging you down. I'm trying to go solo, just like Big Cass. Oh, that's a, that's a nice little segue you got there, Ron. Yeah, let's see if it worked. Let's see if it worked. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. A, that's a, that's a outside of kayfabe joke. Let's see if you can catch it, dear <laughs> listeners. Let's see if you can figure out what happened. Uh, yeah, Big Cass striking out on his own. Quite, quite literally. This was great. This was great. I actually, like, had a little, little tear in my eye. Yeah? A little tear in my heart. I was I was, uh, I was, was making food at the time when I was watching this, so I was mostly just focused on making sure my, uh, my beans didn't burn. I was at work. Oh. Watching this. Crying in your office. Crying in my office. <laughs> it's actually an open floor plan, so I was just uh, stifling my... <laughs> Single tear. <laughs> Didn't want to be openly weeping Didn't in front want to of be all your coworkers. Openly weeping over the death of Enzo Amore. The death of Enzo, yeah. I, I was more mourning the death of their friendship, but I, I think he, I guess he died. matters too. <laughs> yeah. So, so here's what happened. So here's what happened. Enzo and Big Cass are in the ring. Mm-hmm. Enzo is like, "Come on, man, we're brothers. Yeah, you can't throw this all away. Mm-hmm. I know I'm a loud mouth, but I love you. I know I talk a lot of shit." I know I make a lot of mistakes. I but need hey, you. I love you. I need you. I want you. I want. I need you. There ain't no way I'm ever gonna love you. I got two tickets to paradise. Don't be sad, because two out of three ain't bad. That's meatloaf, baby. Oh boy, <laughs> that one I know. They got the deep cuts coming. Deep cuts. Not a deep cut. It's meatloaf. Well, I guess just old cuts of music. Old cuts. Old cuts of meatloaf. Old cuts of meatloaf just dried out. Anyway, so Enzo. Is like trying to make amends, and then Big Cass is like, "Hey, you know what? You're right. We're brothers. I fucked up. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Yeah, please forgive me. Please forgive me. You do have a loud mouth, and you don't know when to stop running it. But you are a piece of shit. But yeah, he kind of did say all these things. Yeah, and right. I, but then he was like, "But I love you like a brother. Yeah, bring it in. They hugged. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very cute. Mm-hmm. Big Cass was literally bent over at a right angle to get down to to Enzo's <laughs> to be able to hug, hug level. Yeah, then they like skipped around holding hands and stuff. Yeah, they yeah. did some sweet dance moves. I don't know what happened. Uh, Big Cass, didn't, I think, didn't he I think say Enzo the Enzo started crying again, which is just like it looked like he was going. Yeah, to. yeah. Did Big Cass say the thing that Enzo normally says? Was that like the transition? Oh no, no, no. He that's what he normally does. So the, the okay. way that the Enzo Cass 
thing usually goes is like Enzo comes out and he says, blah, 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 I'm a certified G and a bonafide stud and you can't teach that. And then he says, in this year's big cast, he's seven foot tall and you can't teach that. And then like he will talk for like 15 minutes about some bullshit and then it'll end with big cast saying one line of like, and that's right because because you're a bad man. Yeah, but in this big cast set all the like you're a certified G and blah, 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 didn't he? He might have like, well, no, because he, he just like he ended the segment with just going like, and something, 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 and there's only one way to describe you, S-A-W-F-T. That's what he normally does. Oh, okay. Time. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did, like, a cool role reversal because no, they're giving no, no, no. Cass more No, it, it was just, like, it was basically just, like, yes, I am taking up the mantle again that I have held for, for so long. I am fulfilling, fill, fulfilling the role that I have so long kept, which was, which, which was fun. Um, Large Cassandra. <laughs> Large Cassandra. Uh, this, yeah, I mean... This has been, like, the other weird thing is, like, usually Cass gets that one line during these Enzo and Cass promos, and they're generally really bad. But I'm assuming maybe that they're just, like, fed to him, because, like, he's been amazing on the mic the last couple of weeks. Yeah, this was pretty good. I had no idea this guy had it. He's very believable. Yeah. I mean, Enzo's been great, too. Like, he's, like, I'm glad that he kind of, like, I'm glad that he got to kind of cut a promo in response to this. I guess that makes sense. I should have expected that. But, like, if he never really got to, like, I don't know, I guess share his feelings about this thing i think it would have been like a little bit lackluster uh but to like i mean both because he didn't say anything last week right and just both of these guys were amazing these past two weeks yeah they're really humanizing these two fools yeah. that nobody cares about exactly like they they've t- taken this from something that like i couldn't care less about i certainly was not sending you enzo and cast clips you know six weeks ago or anything like that and now and they here are, we are and here we are they're like the thing that we are most excited to talk about anyway so the boys reunite and they're walking back up the ramp. They're listening to their music. Everything's going hunky-dory. And then uh, Cass raises up Enzo's arm and then promptly crushes him like the, the flea-grape small man that he is. Flea-grape small man. He is both a bug. Hey a, there, I'm flea-grape small man. <laughs> He's both Would a... you like to buy a used car? <laughs> uh, yeah, he gave him like a, he gave him like a, a, like a clothesline. Sort of move. Yeah, a real, knocked him a down. Real clothesline from hell. And then Big Cass picked him up like a sack of shit. Yep. Held him over his head and just <laughs> tossed him down the ramp. Big Cass was shaking a little. I don't think you're like really supposed to do that with another human. Yeah. Pick them yeah. up over your head like that. Yeah. But I gotta he, imagine anytime you God. do something like that, there's a gotta be a moment of like I mean, just like Randy a few weeks ago, where he's just like, Oh, did I did yeah. I really hurt him? Oh, dude, he fucking launched big or launched Enzo yeah, down the yeah. ramp and just like rolled right down. It looked painful. Oh man, it was great. I'm so glad it was. And then he me. just walked away. <laughs> just walked away. Didn't give a fuck about him. I mean, really, Enzo should have known that he was that that they were not getting back together because Big Cass came out to his own music with his own video. Also, on the has Titan Enzo Tron. like never watched WWE before? That's Does what he I'm not saying. Know? Like. They, they, I think they've tried to say, like, in kayfabe, that he's, like, a big fan of WWE. It's like, come on, dude. Like, if he's got a new if he's got a new Titantron, he's not getting back together with you. It's over. You're through. It's over. You fool. He was and wearing a different T-shirt. Yeah, it was just, like, a blank one, right? Yeah. I, I honestly think it was the their, like, regular T-shirt, but they just inside turned out. it inside out. Because <laughs> they were like, oh, we, have, we haven't gotten that far yet. <laughs> costume hasn't, uh, costume department has not gotten to you guys yet in yeah. your feud. But... Uh, just, uh, you know. You know, only so many hours in a week. Only we got to make a lot of a lot of bronze Roman shirts. We got to make a lot of Roman Reigns shirts. John Cena's coming back. You know he's going to have a new shirt. They're all patching Braun Strowman's pants so that <laughs> they fit him. Slaving away. 
I'm trying to figure out if they've announced when this match is actually going to be at. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be at Great Balls of Fire. Which know? one? Uh, the Enzo and Cass match. Do you think there's going to so be just a match? I'm so glad we don't have a pay-per-view this Sunday. Do you think there's just going to be a match of Enzo versus Big Cass? Yeah, I do. Who do you think is going to win that? I think Big Cass is going to win I think match. Big Cass is going to murder Enzo this on is, accident. This is the thing. is like I don't really know how they're going to run this feud out because like... They got to bring in the big show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess I guess that's the only thing that makes sense. Enzo's got to be like spend next week just like kissing Big Show's giant ass to try and get him <laughs> <laughs> to try and get him on his side. Because yeah, there's no reason. Big that he Show should. and his big ass. Big Show and his big ass. Big Show's big ass versus big old big cast. <laughs> it's a blockbuster main event. <laughs> would you ass could versus you, would, cast? Would you could could you in the ass? Would you could you with big cast? Would you, could you Big Show's ass? Excuse me. <laughs> is what I meant. Oh, fuck. What? What's the deal with Big Show? Big Show's ass. So big. Oh, boy. So Miss TV happened this week, too. Yeah, it did. All How right. Miss TV. This, All right, is, this is a clip that, that permeated your... your uh, yeah, I saw this before you even told me about it. Right. Um, Okay, tell me about basketball. Okay. <laughs> What's going on in the wild world of basketball in kayfabe right now? So basketball was invented in the late 1800s by one Jim Naismith. Uh, it involved a peach basket. Are these real facts? I think so, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of pulling it out of my ass, but I think it might be it. i got to look up who James Na- Jim Naismith is. He's definitely a guy. I mean, I believe that's a real name. Jim Naismith. What do you got? <laughs> James Naismith was a Canadian-American physical educator, physician, chaplain, sports coach, and innovator. He invented the game of basketball Gosh. at age 30 in 1891. <laughs> Your boy's got facts. Very well Your done. boy's read Very some well Wikipedia done. pages in his day. All anyway, right, so, so Jim Naismith hey, what's going on out. with the NBA right now? Uh, so the NBA draft just happened, and uh, a, a, a young man named Lonzo Ball was drafted number two overall by the LA Lakers, which is not that exciting on its own he's a really good basketball player cool but he has a dad and his name is lavar ball and he is the most absurd man i have ever seen in my whole life yeah so what's going on with this guy so lavar ball uh basically since his his three sons were born have been like has been grooming them to be the greatest basketball players that have ever lived he's also trying to make a million billion dollars off of them he started his own brand which is called the big baller brand triple b if you will um, and he sells shirts and overpriced shoes and all kinds of things and basically tries to make the biggest deal out possible out of his sons. Um, he called his, his son played for UCLA. They've all grown up in LA all their lives. And he called like months ago that Lonzo was going to play for the Lakers. And the, the way that the, boy, this is down a rabbit hole here, but the way the NBA works is their draft order is decided by a lottery. So there's a, a, a random, basically, pick order that gets assigned. And basically, the worse your team is, the more ping pong balls you get in the little ping pong ball bucket to choose what what position you get. So there was no guarantee that... God, the, this that, is worse than wrestling. <laughs> Go ahead. There was no guarantee that the Lakers were even going to have like an, a top 10 pick or anything like that, or at least an early enough pick to get Lonzo Ball. Because they're good. No, they're bad. They're very bad. The Lakers are fucking bad yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. Okay. A lot of a lot of it's changed in the past uh, five years or so. Okay, since you've been so they got a lot of a lot of balls in the. They got a lot of balls in the, in the ping pong bucket, and so they were hoping to get a ball from their balls, basketball. Um. Anyway, wow. Lavar called his shot. 
Lonzo got drafted by the Lakers. He was the happiest man alive. He immediately immediately released a special edition five hundred dollars shoe for to to commemorate this occasion. So Lonzo's the dad. Uh, Lamar is the. Excuse me, Lavar. Lavar. So Lavar is like a hype man for his sons. Yes, basically. the biggest hype man. Okay. Um, so anyway, WWE, brilliant people that they are, decided that they needed to capitalize on the big baller brand. They needed to get in with the Ball family, and so they invited them on to Ms. TV in what I can only describe as the most must-see segment of WWE television. It's because they were in L.A. this week. Yes, exactly. So it they were at out. the Staples Center. This was apparently the Lonzo Ball's first time in the Staples Center since becoming a Laker, which is kind of an interesting Pretty thing neat. to have. Yeah, yeah right. He seemed pretty like stoked about it. He it's it's funny because like Lonzo is is super super soft spoken from everything that like I know about him. But his dad is just like the biggest loudmouth. Like his dad is like is Paul oh, Heyman but way worse. Insane. Yeah, he's crazy man. He uh he ran to the ring um in the most ridiculous fashion I've ever seen a man run in my life. He slid into the ring barely. He uh yeah that was rough. Yeah. He he took his shirt off and tried to throw down with with, with the Miz. Miz. Uh, it was great. So they, <laughs> so they ended up cutting this from the show. But he, he so he also brought one of his other. They sons. cut it. it this wasn't the, no, this no, no, didn't no. air. Give me a minute here. Okay. Uh, so he also brought down one of his other sons, Lamelo Ball. Lamelo Ball, um, and he like Lamelo was just sitting there, basically like I don't, I have no idea why he was there. He didn't actually say anything on the mic, but uh, he ended up like with a live mic in front of this crowd while his dad was taking his shirt off saying some, uh, some choice words. Uh, he said, he, he said the N word a bunch of times and right. was saying like, uh, he was trying, he was t- telling his dad to beat the Mrs. Ass, except he was using some more colorful language that I won't use on this podcast. Uh, yeah, good. And he said this on a live mic. Wait, what word? Uh, <laughs> Matt? It starts with an N. What I'll let to? you figure out the rest. Um, he said that, and they ended up cutting this from the Hulu version, and I'm assuming from the YouTube version as well, because the next day they issued, they issued a statement that was like, uh, yeah, this was not supposed to happen, blah, 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 sorry, that was not scripted. Wait, uh, who said all this? I'm sorry. Uh, Lamelo Ball, uh, which is Lonzo's younger brother. He's 15 years old. You handed a 15-year-old kid a live mic in front of uh, a Staples TV. Center crowd, like... I what you have the worst ideas WWE. So this this whole segment it felt a lot like they had to get from point A to point B and the Miz was yeah. trying to control this while still being the Miz. I mean, hats off to the Miz for like containing this thing as best as it could because I think like just about anybody else this thing would have been even more off the rails than it was. Yeah, I could tell watching this that it's like so you brought in this guy because he's like really charismatic and kind of crazy yeah, and kind of right. like he's like a meme right now. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like when you do that, you're just bringing this this element into your your very highly scripted and very yeah. sanitized, very show. controlled environment. Yeah, and that's fucking terrifying. Yeah, right. So yeah, I I, I could kind of tell that the there were certain points where the Miz was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, here. I need to get this back on track and yeah. under control, but I don't know how. Yeah, right. But yeah, I think the Miz handled it really well. Yeah, it was. It, I mean. For what it's worth, I think Lavar was a pretty great promo. He, he he talked a lot of good shit in in this, and like I don't know, was out as was outlandish funny. as a WWE character should be. So I mean, that was good. I think that like the Miz was anticipating just having like a regular conversation with this guy, and not that he would like you know necessarily run around the ring. And yeah, shit. exactly. But I mean, like Lavar had some good burns. He called him like the what mo. I forget exactly what it was. He called him a man with too many zippers and was like making fun of his clothes. And yeah, stuff like it was that. Miz stand for. It's like yeah, the most zippers. Yeah, most uh, 
idiotic zipper man or I don't know something like that. It was it was more clever than what I came up with. Most idiotic zipperman. Zipperman. <laughs> but yeah, and then it ended with Dean Ambrose coming out, and like for some reason he is on the same side as as the Ball family, which doesn't really make any sense. Like because the Ball family was just given the Miz hell. Yeah, right. And which is like Dean, as Dean said, he likes free T-shirts. It was great. The, I, maybe the, maybe the greatest motivation for any character. In WWE existence, like Dean Ambrose is a man that will do anything just for a free T-shirt. For a free T-shirt. When he came out and he was saying his whole thing about yeah. how he's like sponsored by the Ball family or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lavar, I'm sorry, is that his name? Lavar, yeah. Lavar, mm-hmm. like he kind of interrupted and started saying something. Yeah, right. And like then Dean just kind of talked over him and like tried to course correct. This is a segment worth watching a couple times, oh, knowing that uh, the balls are not following any sort of script. The balls are not all in the court, if you will. If you will, I will. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just like a it's just like chock full of little easter eggs of, of good fun. <laughs> Truly wild. Uh highly recommended. If you know anything I I feel like if you have any knowledge of like sports in general, you've probably heard of Lavar Ball. Uh he's he's everywhere right now. So, yeah. Would you could you Lavar Ball? Would you fight? Jinder Mahal. <laughs> boy, oh boy. That was did we I did we end it right there? That was pretty good. <laughs> That's our show, folks. That's our show, folks. Thanks for coming out. Uh but I still want to talk about some more of Joe. Okay. Let's talk about some more of Joe. And Brock Lesnar. I actually want to talk about Lesnar. Paul Heyman. Let's talk about Paul Because you mentioned I love him. To talk about Paul Heyman. You said that uh Lavar Ball is like Paul Heyman, yeah. but kind of different. Watching Paul Heyman this week. Yeah. Paul Heyman is great. I'm telling you, that man. dude is a great orator. Yeah, Paul Paul Heyman is like probably the secret sauce of the WWE. I think it, he like you not single handedly, but man, he is a big reason why they are like continuing to be successful today. Like part of it is because he so he used to have like as I understand it like a backstage role in like identifying talent and like bringing people. Yeah, on. I, I was actually looking into that today. Yeah. He's so, like, he's been partnered with Brock Lesnar from the beginning because he was like, this is Brock Lesnar. He needs to be in the WWE ring. And he, like, Lesnar continues to be the biggest, one of the biggest stars in the WWE. Um, pro- possibly, like, the biggest, like, crossover star that they've ever had as far as, like, an, an athlete-turned-wrestler. Right. Um, he also was responsible for getting CM Punk in the WWE, who is, like, one of their biggest stars for a very long time. Which is something well. I read today. Yeah, exactly. Uh, apparently, six years ago was the was the Pipe Bomb promo. Six years this week was the, the CM Punk Pipe Bomb promo, which I think I talked about You've with you talk, earlier. I, I, I don't know if you really went into it. You've mentioned it, yeah. and I might have cut you off. It's worth diving into again. I, I actually rewatched it this week, and boy, howdy. That was just some, like, some great, great stuff. All right, send it to me after Fan- the show. Fantastic. Um, but anyway, yeah, Paul Heyman, he's amazing. Paul Heyman he's, knows how to work a mic, man. Exactly. He's a, like, like he's a fantastic orator. He's, I mean, he's maybe the best promo in the business. And yeah, just like, he, he does, like, man, what, what's the expression? He could sell, sell ice water to a penguin or something like that. I Isn't think the, the real expression is a little more racist than that. Oh, is it? But very good. Okay, cool. You we'll got go the with point that. that seems nice and bland. <laughs> he could sell ice water to a penguin. Um, yeah, he like he he can sell anything. He's made this match out to be such a big deal in like three weeks flat. Like Brock Lesnar was not on TV, you know, four weeks ago before that, like before Extreme Rules, and now this match is like made out to be a huge, huge deal. And I'm so excited for it. I haven't been this excited for a match in such a long time. Yeah, me too. 
You don't even like wrestling and you're excited about this match. Well, accurate. <laughs> yeah, and then so Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar actually literally uh, butted heads this week. They butted heads. I don't know if they, well, they head butted. They maybe. Yeah, Samoa Joe grabbed Brock Lesnar from behind, put him grabbed in the him from blush. behind, yeah. gave him the old he he goosed him. <laughs> I like uh, the so, idea of Joe just like running around backstage, just like sneaking up on people. Uh, 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 not the big show though. Not the big show. You oh, can't no. find it. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Brock Lesnar comes out, and uh, Samoa Joe comes out, and from behind and gives him the coquina clutch. Yep, puts him in it. Brock Which, Lesnar proceeds to slam him into the LED wall and basically breaks the thing in half. What I learned Amazing. today mm-hmm. by watching these clips is that you can't put a man in the coquina clutch when he has no neck. <laughs> <laughs> Joe had Brock in the coquina clutch like three times for like five minutes each, and this dude did not pass out. And I think it's because Brock Lesnar is all beef and muscle, and he has no neck. That There's no windpipe for which to block. His, his windpipe has long since been replaced by just pure muscle. It's just pure muscle. <laughs> Oh my god! His muscle pipe. That is incredible. His upstairs <laughs> muscle pipe. As opposed to his downstairs muscle. His downstairs pipe. muscle pipe. Oh my goodness! Yeah, that's a that's a very good point. He did look like he was gonna pop Brock Lesnar's head off, though. He turned yeah, into Brock like a, turned a tomato. pretty pink. Yeah, yes. but yeah. he stayed. He stayed up. He did. He kept standing. I'm so excited to see these two fight. That was wild. Yeah, it was great. It was. It was. They, I mean, they, Brock they... Lesnar's skin—he looks like a hot dog, like tight, <laughs> just tight. Hot dogs are Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite meme: <laughs> these legs, hot dogs, are Brock Lesnar's neck. <laughs> oh, he looks gosh. like if you, you like, you took a, a pile of like a man and put him in a hot dog skin, <laughs> like just a meat man. All right. Like a man made of made out of beef, and All then right. put him wrapped him in a hot dog skin. Brock Lesnar's hot dog flesh could not be destroyed by the coquina clutch this week. There's there's like there's a small sliver of me that thinks that Samoa Joe might actually win this match. Like they've, it's starting to. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's what. Ugh, man, he can't. He can't. It makes no sense. Brock Lesnar makes no sense. An unbeatable hot dog. Unless man. they're... <laughs> An indestructible hot dog man. <laughs> Unless they're like trying to retire Brock Lesnar, there's no yeah. reason for him to lose against Samoa Joe. And I know nothing about what I'm talking about. Yeah, but even right. I can tell that. But you're right. You're totally right. You're 100 percent right. I mean, I, th- I th- unless they're trying to bring Brock Lesnar back like more full time. That that could work. I mean, I do think that Brock Lesnar is going to be at SummerSlam, which I think that there is. I think that SummerSlam is immediately after Great Balls of Fire. There might be one more in between, but maybe may- maybe they'll do. Like Joe versus Brock two at SummerSlam, and so it'll be like Joe will win this one at Great Balls of Fire, and then Brock will get the win back at SummerSlam or something like that, and he'll have to spend a few weeks like chasing the title or something like that. I don't know, maybe. I I also think that they're they're either going to do Roman versus Brock at SummerSlam or Braun versus Brock at SummerSlam. So Braun versus Brock is something I would watch. I would which I will probably it. have to watch anyway. Yeah, it will happen someday for sure. God willing, this podcast is still on the air. You will be forced to watch it. If not, we could just record a, a revival <laughs> episode, a reunion show. The revival episode of, of the Blind Tag podcast. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting. Like like I said, I, I I mean, I guess that that's the point, right? WWE is trying to make us believe that that this that Mojo actually has a chance here. 
that's like the point. You know, we don't want to go into a match being like, oh yeah, this guy has no chance. But Samoa Joe seems to have one move though, and he just found out that it does not work on Brock Lesnar. Yeah, that is the that is the one thing about him. Like, I mean, to be fair, Brock Lesnar has the F five. He also has basically one move. He also, has, I mean, he does a bunch of other things too, and so does Samoa Joe. But it's like it is so interesting to me that they've built this entire feud basically around this one move, and but the like, this move clutch is more powerful than God. Like this this move can can lasso the moon and strangle it to death or something. Throwing out are a these lot things of they said, or are these just more of your metaphors? <laughs> I mean, you know, this is just me. This is just me spitballing. Just riffing. Just riffing here. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Maybe he'll find a way to penetrate that hot dog flesh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think we you should... just got to uh, boil it. They always split. <laughs> keep them on that heat too long, and, uh, and they're bound to burst. He's just got to keep them in the heat of those great balls of fire. God, what a disgusting image of Brock Lesnar... <laughs> His hot dog skin just splitting open in the heat of great balls of in fire. In the heat of, of, of the impending heat death of the great balls of fire. What if uh, Samoa Joe gets him in the coquina clutch and he does just split open? Because <laughs> his skin's so tight. Be wild. Uh, I, I mean, I hope I see it. That would be crazy. Like, what if like what if actually his, like, his forehead just, like, oh, splits or something <laughs> like that? Just, like, a little cut starts, like, I don't know, just from all the pressure. Who knows? I want I want to see Samoa Joe's hands or arms around Brock Lesnar's neck while Brock Lesnar is bleeding out of his face. I want to see that image. You really want Joe to win this, don't you? I really want Joe to win this. It would be the much more interesting thing. All right. If this guy comes out of nowhere to win, like, that's phenomenal. It's fucking cool. Wrestling is always at its best when you don't know what's going to happen, right? And Brock Lesnar winning is the most obvious thing that could ever happen. So if Joe wins, I'm super excited. Super right. pumped. I'm glad. You heard it here first, folks. Matt will be excited about wrestling. I'm glad somebody is. <laughs> I think I'm ready to be done talking about wrestling this week. <laughs> Shocking. But uh, this is our, our pre-4th of July, pre-return of John Cena mm-hmm. episode, so I think it's worth getting hyped. Yeah. Worth saying, welcome back, John. Do you think we should just change the name of 4th of July to John Cena Day? John Cena Day, 4th of jo- John. 4th, 4th of John, John Cena. <laughs> I, I watched a video. I can't remember if I sent this to you, but it's the uh, the whole, like, random John Cena music playing oh, yeah, thing, yeah. except uh, they tricked people into thinking they were recording a commercial, and then for, like, Cricket Wireless. Okay. Uh, shout out. Sponsorship. Um, Where's my money, Cricket? Thank you for the small for the phones. Thanks for the phones. Can I get some money for the sponsorship? Yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway, the, so they they thought they were shooting a commercial for Cricket Wireless, and then mm-hmm. they were supposed to like intro John Cena as part of it. And then uh, when they did, then the the wall bursts open, and John Cena came oh out gosh. with a couple of like trumpet players playing his. <laughs> theme song and it was really great it was really sweet john cena seems like a genuinely just awesome dude he really he really is i did not see this please send this to me i'll send it to you uh, yeah wow that sounds amazing see you watch wrestling and i watch the (laughs) shit like the ball family and like john cena bugging people in real life and things like that the the peripheral wrestling nonsense that exists in the world all that, all that wrestling debris just floating around in the atmosphere. This once a week, you basically just give me uh, like context for all the other <laughs> shit that I watch for the nonsense that you're that you've seen. Yeah. So welcome back, John Cena. Welcome back. Happy John Fourth Cena. of July. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Dad. To Can't America. Wait to see you. America's 2017th birthday. <laughs> Congratulations. We the made big it. 2017. 0 
you you did it. You you can legally have some beers now, America. You can do it. Uh there's I don't know if there's an elegant way to say this. There's a lot of shitty stuff going on in the world in the country. It's true. Without being specific, but it's still it's still the 4th of July. It's still our country and still like you can be proud of who you are and where you're from and mm-hmm. just try your best to make things better. And that's kind of I think that's what John Cena really stands for. I think that's what John Cena would say. I think that's what he'd want from me. That's you. just a little sneak preview of John Cena's promo on Tuesday. I'm writing John Cena's promo for him. <laughs> I'm Ron Delvolano. I'm John Cena's official promo writer. I'm I'm Ron Delvolano, and I'm John Cena. Yeah. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise! I've been John Cena the whole time. We're gonna have an episode next week because uh, I'll Ron be fighting is John somebody. <laughs> I don't know who yet, but I'll be fighting somebody. All right, that's gonna do it for us this week, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to Small Parks for uh, their song "Restless." It's our in and out music. It's a uh, delight. If you have any questions or comments or pictures of John Cena you'd like to share with us, please hit us up at on Twitter at BlindTagCast or via our email, BlindTagCast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Matt Raddick. I've been your face. I'm Rondo Volano, and I have been your heel. We'll see you next week. Cause you fall